from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. And good Holy Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studio in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, sitting here with Gina Knoll. Gina, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Deacon. I am well. Are you having a good Easter week? Yes. Do they call that Easter week? Easter week is next week. It's this next is, week? Th- yeah, this is Holy Week. Holy, Holy Week. week yeah. so, but I'll have a good Easter week, too. Yes, yeah, so. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. We uh, Got a lot of liturgy to go through here in the next couple of days. It's uh, beautiful. It is. The Triditum is, the, I think, the most beautiful liturgies in the year. I was listening to a broadcast of uh, Mother Angelica, mm-hmm. you know, the founder of EWTN Radio and TV and everything worldwide. Um, and she was talking about how so few churches celebrate um, th- this week, the the high services and mm-hmm. or very poorly attended Good Friday Mass. And I can say that here in Des Moines, that's not the case. No. Uh, we'll have, I'm sure, at uh, St. Augustine, we'll probably have a packed house tonight. Uh, if past history is uh, any guide to what's going to happen. Uh, although, you got to remember, we didn't have it last year. Right. So we'll, we'll see. I think there's a little bit of a pent-up anticipation for I, this, I hope so. I hope services. so. And, and tomorrow, our service is at 3, our, our Good Friday service. And then we're back on a Saturday night with the Easter Vigil. And then I have a, one of the Sunday Masses. So. Wonderful. So I'm going to be... All liturgied this, out by the, the, end of, <laughs> the end of the week. You'll need a vacation on Monday. I will. I will. Eat your chocolate and that's right. That's right. Celebrate <laughs> your Easter week in relaxing mode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, good. Um, so, in this, our show is not very Holy Week oriented, but it does have some things to well, do about uh, protecting our faith. Faith and on being trial oriented. Yeah. 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 Uh, and speaking of, of orientation of things, I see where. Uh, is it Rita Hart? Is that her her first name, the congressional candidate? She has withdrawn yes. her appeal to Nancy Pelosi. So in so Iowa, in Iowa, we had a congressional now. race that was separated by six votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, it was a hundred and it was one hundred twenty-six or something like that. Right, yeah, and, and then they down. counted twice, recounted all the counties, and mm-hmm. they got closer and closer and closer. And um, Marionette Miller Meeks won the race by six votes. Right. And a bipartisan council here in Iowa um, confirmed that and certified it. And so off to D.C., um, Dr. Meeks went. But Rita Hart followed her right along and said, instead of challenging it in the courts in Iowa, she took it to the... I think that was one of her big mistakes right away. Is She, she made no legal challenge. Well, I think she thought on. that, you know... The, the um, majority, the Democrat majority in Washington, D.C., would back her, and mm-hmm. she would win this battle. 
I guess there were 22 votes that are supposedly... I don't think she would have won. Yeah. yeah I don't well, think I she don't know. Won. They had a good lawyer, but... It, it, um, her, there were too many that had, had already said they weren't going to support. Too many Democrats said they weren't going to support. They her. weren't yeah. going to mm-hmm. go ahead and do that vote. So she is um, not going to be the congresswoman from Iowa. We will have Dr. Marionette Miller Meeks, right? And um, who has been serving since January when she was sworn <laughs> in, and that, that's another thing I didn't understand. They have this challenge to her, but they swore her in anyway. Uh, it would seem to me the first thing you should do is take care of that challenge. That should have been done the first, but. Somehow well, it was. I did hear. Um, um, excuse me, M- McCarthy's um, remarks yesterday, and he said there is there there were a number of these races that mm-hmm. the House was going to take up and contest, um, and they've all dropped off. And there's one left, I think, in Illinois. Is Illinois, it? Yeah. and it's a Democrat who won, and McCarthy's not going to fight it. He's he says that he won. The mm-hmm. state certified it, and um, the Republicans accept that vote. So. Yeah, the Constitution says that the uh, each house is a judge of its own membership, so it can uh, does have the authority to reject uh, a member or to expel a member, uh, but that's got to be pretty clearly laid out. Uh, and usually that happens when somebody is involved in some illegal shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is a, just an election challenge, and... Um, Apparently well, there was a lot of it now. to go around this year. There was. And and if you watch the news, or at least the news that's reporting everything, you will see that uh, there's some of that that's still um, being debated, and there are legal challenges, too, and they're recounting votes. So we'll see what happens. And I thought I saw in this morning's news that Arizona has hired four firms, independent firms, to come in and take a look at their Yeah, their there, the, there's no doubt in my mind that there was something wrong with last year's election. So So we're going to find out about it now, and uh, we'll see what what goes on. Well, I hope we protect ourselves in the future. I hope we do, too. Uh, Do you have a prayer to open us up with? I do. A prayer for peace on this Holy Thursday. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world, peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gina. This is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be back in about three minutes with Mike Berry from First Liberty. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security. 
providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and with us right now is Mike Berry who is not only a uh, Marine Corps Reserve reservist, um, an officer in the Marine Corps Reserves, uh, but he's also an attorney with First Liberty. Uh, Michael, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Certainly. And I know that you are uh, at First Liberty. Uh, you handle a lot of the stuff with uh, military uh, religious liberty uh, stuff, and I noticed that you were just before the um, House Armed Services Committee testifying to some of the things that uh, you are uh, have seen or heard that may be wrong in the military and affect religious liberty. So why don't we just start there, and uh, you can kind of give us a little brief about what you told the committee members. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, just a few days ago, the House Armed Services Committee held a hearing uh, on the subject of extremism in the armed forces. And uh, I was invited to, to testify as a subject matter expert on constitutional law, especially as it affects our, our military service members. And, uh, you know, what I really wanted to focus on, uh, the message that I, I wanted to send to the committee members, was that, uh, you know, first of all, nobody wants to get rid of true extremists from our military more than those of us who serve in uniform. Right. It, it, you know, it diminishes our own service and our reputation. Uh, it hurts our military, and, and we don't want any part of it. Uh, but I think the, the problem is you cannot defeat what you cannot define. And thus far, uh, the Department of Defense has been unable to define what they mean by extremists. They, ha- they haven't even presented a, a, a good working definition of what extremism is or uh, who extremists uh, you know, are in the military. They, all we keep hearing is we have a problem with extremism. And when the question is asked, well, what do you mean by extremism, 
the answer is usually something like, well, we're not really sure. It kind of depends on the circumstances. And and that's that presents a lot of legal and constitutional issues, especially because in the past, uh, in the very recent past, there have been instances, documented instances, when the Department of Defense has began uh, identifying just mainstream religious beliefs as possibly extremist. And and so that I, I wanted to sound the warning on that. Yeah, I know there was a couple of uh, years ago, I guess it was, there was a slideshow, I guess, in a reserve community in, uh, I think it was Pennsylvania, uh, that directly uh, linked uh, very conservative religious groups to extremism. Yeah, that's right. That was a, it was a re, it was an Army Reserve uh, training presentation, and on the the slide was titled "Religious Extremism," and it labeled a number of groups as religious extremists. Groups such as Hamas, Al Qaeda, uh, and the Ku Klux Klan, which I think most people would probably agree, yes, those are violent extremist groups. They they use or advocate violence to accomplish their their agendas. But then, you know, further down the slide, you see also listed were. Uh, evangelical Christians and Catholics, and I, I mean, I was shocked and stunned by that. I'm and wondering how many members of the committee were aware of those kinds of slides in the training well, manuals. I brought it to their attention, uh, and I and and so you know, I I included a a screenshot of the slide in my written testimony. And, you know, one of the committee members did mention the fact that they had looked into that and the Army Reserve had since uh, removed that slide and sort of issued a clarification. Well, the person who created that uh, didn't go through the proper procedures and hadn't properly vetted that, so we don't think that that speaks for the whole Army. Okay, very well. But then I presented another document that absolutely was vetted and published by the Department of Defense, and I'm going to give you a direct quote from this document. It's a training guide for military uh, people who, who are who their job is to do e- you know, equal opportunity, right? So in other words, they're sort of the, the ones who have to ensure that there's no discrimination in the military. And the training guide for uh, states the following. This is a direct quote. Nowadays, instead of dressing in sheets and publicly espousing messages of hate, most extremists will talk about individual liberties states' rights, and making the world a better place, end quote. And that's extreme. if you believe in individual liberties, states' rights, Mm -hmm. and making the world a better place, you, the the Department of Defense thinks that you could be an extremist. And I told the committee, you know, newsflash, the the people who wrote the Constitution of the United States believed in individual liberties, states' rights, and making the world a better place. That's why they wrote the Constitution. So, yeah. um, you know, what 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 do we intend to do about that? You know, yeah. So, uh, there's um, the new Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, uh, issued uh, recently a stand down order, um, so that he could identify and root out extremism in in the military. Um, how does that play into all of this? Because I kind of see that as kind of a covering for something. Yeah, you know, I, I again going back to I think the first issue is we have to define what we mean by extremism, uh, and once we have a, and I offered a definition of what I think extremism should be, and that is anyone who uses, threatens, or advocates violence to accomplish their political object- objectives is an extremist, right? Once you yeah. once you cross the line from just uh, advancing an idea um, or uh, a belief 
to and now advocating violence to accomplish that, uh, that to me, that's extreme, right? And, 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 and that's consistent with the, the FBI's definition and with how we, we criminalize uh, domestic terror in this country. And so I think if it works for the FBI and for the Department of Justice, then it should also work for the Department of Defense. And uh, so once you have a good definition, then the next task is to, to find, okay, now that we know what it is, how bad is the problem, right? Let's, let's try to grasp how, how big is the scope of this problem. And then let's go from there, because it might be, I mean, you mentioned Secretary Austin. He, his own words, he said 99.9% of people serving in the military are not extremists. Well, then by your own admission, Mr. Secretary, it's 0.01%. So, you know, the question is, should we be focused should we be using this time, energy, and resources that we're spending on, on, on combating extremism, shouldn't that be better used to address issues like um, the rise of, of America's you know, threats, right? Mm-hmm. China, Russia, it's, you know, uh, Iran, et cetera. So, um, and, and look, and if the powers that be decide extremism really is that big of a problem, then as I said earlier, then, yeah, you will find no disagreement or very, very little disagreement from within the service community because nobody wants to get rid of extremists more than people who are serving because it it actually hurts our ability to accomplish the mission when people like that are are in the military. So let's get rid of them, and then let's move on with the mission. You think part of the problem with the definition of extremism is that uh, too many people, including the media, are picking up on what the Southern Poverty Law Center defines as extreme yeah you know that was a very interesting part of the hearing um uh you know my my there was another witness there uh from the southern poverty law center um and she wanted to uh, advocate for you know her her position was that the true problem in the military is the rise of white supremacy and 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 white extremism um, and I think that that may be casting too broad of a brush. I think that's, that, that is an unfair characterization of the military. I mean, our, our own you know, Secretary of Defense himself is a, a, a black man. So, um, you know, I, again, not to, use, not to use an anecdote, but, but surely our military itself is not a white supremacist organization if, you know, if we're all you know, following the orders and directives of somebody who's clearly not a white supremacist, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and I and I assume that 99.9 percent of those serving in uniform have absolutely no problem following Secretary Austin's lead, because if you know he was confirmed by the Senate, therefore the the operating assumption should be he is qu- he is more than qualified uh, for that job. But at the same time, uh, to say that the real problem in the military is this why rise of white supremacy. Then the, the 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 obvious question should be: Okay, where is the data that supports that? Where is the evidence to support that? And it's got to be more than anecdotes. It's got to be more than well, somebody reached out to us and said that you know they had witnessed or observed uh, a, a white supremacist uh, who happened to have some military experience or background. That that does not mean that there is a rise of white supremacism and uh, supremacy in the military. There are always going to be, uh, you know, yeah, there's always outliers. Yeah. Yeah, there's always outliers. Exactly. So, uh, and I wanted to bring the committee back to you know that that argument uh, over and over again. Let's come up with a definition first that 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 all or most of us can agree upon. Then we can determine how bad the problem is. 
And I said, and, and the danger here is that if we define this too broadly to include, you know, Catholicism, evangelical Christianity, we're starting to go down the slippery slope of we're no longer regulating conduct. We can, all, we can regulate conduct. We've always regulated people's conduct. But what we've never tried to do is regulate people's beliefs. And that's, I think that's the real danger here, right, is, is that we don't want to start creating thought police to where, you know, something Orwellian where, oh, you believe in what the Bible teaches about marriage? You're an extremist, right? And, and, I, and, and that's the direction where I fear things could be headed if we don't, you know, if, if we don't apply some common sense and yeah. some constitutional law. And, and I think that's kind of where the Southern Poverty Law Center has gone, because you, you find uh, a lot of organizations like yours are uh, ending up on their hate list or their hate map because uh, you uh, advocate for the traditional uh, roles in marriage and uh, oppose abortion, things like that. I know there are a lot of Catholic organizations that have come under fire, uh, as extremists, because we simply believe in the uh, traditional view of marriage and family and all that. Well, and that's, that, that was a question that we receive at First Liberty uh, quite often from service members. Uh, we, you know, we have, we'll have you know, Catholic service members reach out and ask and say, um, you know, because the Department of Defense policy is really unclear on what an extremist is, but, but one of the things it says is, is people who advocate to, to take away other people's civil rights, including you know what we what they refer to as reproductive fr- uh, freedom or reproductive right. rights, and they say so. I'm a Catholic and I pray the Rosary in front of an abortion clinic every weekend. You know, praying for an end to abortion in this country. Does that make me an extremist? And I, I got to tell you, it, it, I mean, it's difficult for me to answer because my you know my personal answer as a constitutional attorney is absolutely not. You know, you have you have every right pray, uh, as long as you have a lawful right to be there, you know, you're not on private property trespassing, but if you're in a public space, then you absolutely you're allowed to pray. But does, does that mean the Department of Defense is going to label you an extremist? The answer right now is we don't know, because they haven't given us a definition. They very well might say those who oppose abortion, uh, they're trying to take away the rights of people to have an abortion, therefore they're extremists. I mean, that would be absolutely ridiculous and i i think it would you know there would be hopefully legal challenges to that but i could i can't sit here right now and tell you that that's not going to happen because uh, department of defense has yet to say no we would never do that you know so and 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 i think they should i think they should make a strong forceful message we will not criminalize people's thoughts or beliefs but we haven't seen that yet. Well, what you bring up is reminiscent of what is going on in California right now. Uh, and you may be familiar with this. There's a, a California bill in the legislature. Uh, it's AB 655. It's called the California Law Enforcement Account- Accountability Reform Act, which is doing much the same thing to uh, police officers there. Uh, and they talk in this bill that somebody who is committing hate speech or hate speech crime uh, should be removed from the police department. And it includes, uh, under their definition of hate speech, they at least give you a definition here, advocating or supporting the denial of constitutional rights of, and then they list a whole bunch of uh, people, and then they include ethnicity, nationality, religion, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation. 
election. So again, uh, you have a situation in California where they're going to they're going to vote on that shortly uh, to determine whether somebody who is what we would call a traditional Catholic uh, might not be able to be a cop anymore. Yeah, or, or my, I mean, uh, first of all, I I I think the chances of that bill passing without some sort of legal challenge are low. Uh, because I think it is subject to a legal challenge, and and if it is challenged, it should fail. Uh, it, you know, it it should be uh, declared unconstitutional. But second, if if that does end up becoming the law in California, then okay, I hope that means that somebody who uses the Lord's name in vain can now be charged with hate speech. Uh, <laughs> because what you know, I mean, w- why can't that be considered hate speech uh, when somebody? I mean, it, it, because that's you know, I get a little tired of being told, uh, and I know people who you know who First Liberty represents are tired of being told uh, that you cannot advocate, even even you know from a purely uh, policy-driven or fact-driven or scientific-driven point of view, you cannot advocate for you know um, traditional biblical views of marriage and human sexuality because that's hate speech. Uh, in other words, saying something that is consistent with what you know the Bible and Christians and, and Judeo Christians have believed and taught for millennia. Uh, that is offensive or possibly offensive to somebody else and might hurt their feelings, and therefore it's hate speech and it's illegal. Okay, well then when people use uh, the Lord's name in vain, mm-hmm. that's equally offensive. And why can't that be considered hate speech? And the response is usually, oh well, you know, you just have to grow thicker skin, and and that's just life. You just have to learn to deal with that. You know, I mean, literally, that's that's the response that we've been told is that Christians need to just kind of grow up and mature a little bit and learn that that sometimes you're going to hear things that you don't like, and that's just life. And it's just shocking the hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, after listening or watching the uh, hearing, reading the transcripts of it, my first inclination was to wonder. If this is all implemented, who would be serving in our military, and you know what would our numbers look like? Yeah. Well, I'm so I'm, gl- I'm really glad you brought that up because that was another point that uh, I was actually asked about. That you know what are the real dangers uh, from a practical standpoint, right? If if we get this wrong, and I said, look, da- just look at the data. You know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of a data guy, and I I, I you know. Um, maybe a, a bit of a nerd background, and I like I to, love that. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I have you know? a lot of respect for that. <clears throat> um, and and so I, I look at data, and I said, okay, so uh, the majority of people serving in the military right now uh, self-identify as uh, people of faith, and, and, and specifically uh, people of the Christian faith. Probably, I, I, the latest numbers are somewhere in the seventy-five percent range. So roughly three in four identify as as religious and specifically of uh christianity some form you know whether it's catholic protestant etc um and uh then you look at the that's currently serving and then you look at the people who are joining the military or who desire to join the military we call that the accession process and people who join the military the latest the current available data says that people who identify as highly religious are significantly more likely to join the military than people who identify as not religious. Okay, so that means the people who are currently in the military are religious, and the people who want to join the military are religious. And if we get this wrong, we're essentially telling all of those people, you're not welcome, right? Uncle Sam does not need you. 
Um, and, and, and I said, that, that is a disaster waiting to happen because you're essentially telling them you are not, you're not needed. The military doesn't want you. It doesn't welcome you. You don't belong here. And for those who want to join, uh, you either join the military and, and give up your religious beliefs and your religious freedom or don't join the military. And again, that's a disaster waiting to happen because that's yeah. going to affect recruiting, so retention, and readiness. Yeah, uh, we just got about thirty seconds left here, and um, before you go, I wanted to uh, bring up the uh, topic of this First Liberty Live, the series that uh, First Liberty is doing. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm glad you brought that up as well. The, you know, First Liberty Live is is uh, it, it's a, as you said, it's a series of very timely interviews with experts. Uh, in, in a number of fields that are, affect religious liberty. I mean, whether if, if, you know, if you are worried about uh, the government imposing mandatory COVID vaccines, we've got a First Liberty Live about that. If you're worried about whether your church is going to be closed and not allowed to reopen, uh, there's a First Liberty Live about that. Or if you care about religious liberty in the military, um, uh, there, I think there's one coming up with me talking about that for Military Appreciation Month, and so on and so forth. So these are, these are topical, they're timely, they're relevant, and they are live interviews with Q&A uh, with an actual subject matter expert. And where do and we you find them? Go to, yeah. you know, I was just about to say, go to firstliberty.org, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a pop-up window where you can actually you know, subscribe so that, that you get an alert whenever the next one comes, uh, the next episode is coming up. Very good. Thank Wonderful. you for joining us, Mike. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, it's Mike Berry, attorney with First Liberty. And this is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And Gina and I will be back in about three minutes. Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now, provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security. 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. 
Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations, online at skeffingtons.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. We have high pressure parked over the central plains and the Midwestern states, and that means fair weather for us today. It will be cool with our high only in the upper 40s, but we should have plenty of sunshine. Overnight will be clear, low near 30, and then gusty wind tomorrow, sunny and warmer, will be in the low 60s. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. And this is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we are back now. And uh, joining us is uh, uh, one of our favorite guests, uh, Dr. Ann Hendershot, who is professor of sociology at Franciscan University and author of The Politics of Envy. And last time uh, we had her on, we talked about her book, but there's some new stuff that is coming up now, especially involving Asian Americans. And uh, Professor Hendershot has penned an article on that, and we'd like to talk to her about that. Good morning, Professor. How are you? Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me on, and thank you for the nice intro. I'm happy to be on again, but not happy to be talking about this subject. It's just a horror. Every day we hear about new horrible incidents of violence perpetrated against Asian American women, mostly, and a lot of men, elderly men, um, for no reason at all. (laughs) Um, No reason at all, and I try to make sense of it in my article. So thank you for having me on to talk about that. Thank you for writing the article. (laughs) Let's talk. Oh, it, it frustrates me. This appeared in Crisis Magazine, and um, I wanted yeah. you gave a, I thought a, a nice history of uh, a kind of the Asian American experience here, um, and it looks like uh, a lot of this stuff they they claim it's coming from white supremacists, but it doesn't yes. appear from your article that that's really what the problem is. No, that's that's laughable. (laughs) White supremacists are not out on our streets attacking Asian Americans. Now, that's not to say that whites are not complicit in the history of anti-Asian American attacks throughout history in our country, beginning with the infamous Chinese Exclusion Act, but that was a very long time ago. And then certainly we were all complicit in the FDR decision to intern Japanese Americans in 1942, a lot of people agreed with that, um, but some people thought it was xenophobic and uh, to take businesses away. But I, I argue that there was envy at the basis of that. But that's another story. Let's get to these attacks. These attacks, it's very hard to find the perpetrator demographics, and I'm wondering why. It's very seldom they even show the picture of the perpetrators and You scratch the surface a little bit, and you look at Bureau of Justice data, and you find out that it's really not whites that are perpetrating these attacks. It's people of color, Um, a lot of African Americans, a lot of Latinos, especially in New York City. The latest one that I'm sure a lot of your listeners saw on TV is a poor 65-year-old woman going to church Mm -hmm. um, during Holy Week, 
comes out of her building two days ago and is attacked by this gigantic man, enormous, 38-year-old Brandon Elliott, who already has served much of his life in prison and has done horrible crimes. I think he killed his mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's out on the streets in midtown Manhattan. She doesn't live far. She lives in a beautiful building. I know right where the building is. It's called the Brodsky Building. It's owned by the Brodsky Corporation. And she came out of her building going to church, and this gigantic man is on camera, so they can't hide this, um, knocking her to the ground and then kicking her in the head several times while she's down, Um, and then casually walking away. But while this is going on, she's really attacked a second time, but not physically, by the two doormen that are handling the Brodsky (laughs) Corporation building that she just came out of, who not only don't do anything, but they close the door to their building so that the bad guy can't get into their building. Now, in their defense, they'll probably say they were protecting their building, but I would say, how could they do such a thing? Because one of those two men was enormous, as big as the attacker, and if you were there, I think you would go out there and try to get this to stop or at least try to get more help. Neither of them call 911. You see them on camera just watching and then closing the door. So that is so disturbing to Mm -hmm. me. Um, There's a huge increase, but, I mean, it's not like people are saying there's an 800% increase in hate crimes in New York City. Well, you know, people love statistics like that. You have to really look at the raw numbers in cases like this. New York City hate crimes against Asians went from three to 28. Now, that's horrible in one year. And I think it's related partly to COVID and, the, you know, the blame toward Asians. But it's not an, you shouldn't call it an 833% increase, you know, that doesn't help. Cleveland, Pittsburgh, they've all increased increases. And the media. Yeah, you start out with a small number and you add a few more numbers to it and you have a, hum, a, a, a large yeah, percentage increase. Four, right? have, yeah, I know. 100% increase yeah. from two to four. <clears throat> That's crazy. You shouldn't do it that way. But we need to know the race of the offenders because people need to stop lying about it. And I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to say, oh, we want to punish them. It isn't all blacks that are. Um, doing this, and all the offenders are not blacks in San Francisco. There were several whites who perpetrated horrible crimes against Asians and Hispanics, and that's what my article tries to do. There's a lot of groups that are complicit in this. Well, um, let, let me pick up on something that you mentioned here in the <laughs> article, and that's uh, uh, this uh, uh, envious resentment and uh, the right. concept of the good minority, the model minority. The model minority, yeah. I was in college that kind of came into being in the late 60s and 70s. And it, the model minority, meaning that that was adopted by the media to describe the admirable Asian-American success. And the problem with that model minority is, I mean, it's it's nice, you know, because they are very successful if you look at um income, because I teach sociology, so we're always looking at stratification issues, Asians have the highest income in the country. Um, Asians have a 98,000 median income, more than double that of black households. 
a median income of 45000 and significantly higher than whites, non-Hispanic whites, who have an annual in- median income of 76000 So this mi- model minority idea, is it, there's some truth in it. It's not a myth. They do very well. You know, it's all those tiger moms. They're very good. <laughs> they're dedicated to motivating their children, and they're good. But part of the problem is the comparisons are made in the media very often. To what's the matter with the rest of you people? You know, look at the Asians. They did so well, and they just got mm-hmm. here. And look at you. <laughs> you know, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That causes resentment. If you've ever had a parent that did that to you, you know what that feels like, and you become resentful and sometimes very envious of a sibling. And I see that I used to be a family therapist, and I used to see those dynamics. Well, look at this son, and he's getting good grades, and look at that son, he's getting expelled, and he's just awful if it weren't for him. That younger son is going to be very resentful of that older, and that's what I think we're seeing that. I think envy is, I know I know. I wrote the book, The Politics of Envy, so I see envy where others may not see it, and some people disagree. But I, I see envy here. Well, I yeah, and after, you, a, after re- having read the book, uh, I can see that very quickly, too. And uh, it seems to me that we have one group of people uh, who historically have been basically high achievers and uh, other groups that have not achieved as well. I can understand the envy that would play into that. Yes, I do, too. And I, I believe it's there. And we see it in their songs. I mean, we see if you look at rap music, it is filled with envy, and that's been going on since the 90s. If you go all the way back to Ice Cube, not that I'm a big rap fan, but I, I think you should listen to the lyrics of these songs because it tells you what's going on in their heads and in their communities. You look at Ice Cube back in the 90s, right around the time of the Rodney King riots right. in Los Angeles. He wrote Black Korea, and he talked about the hateful tension between the African-American and the Korean store owners. They burned their stores down in that riot, those riots. 1,700 Korean businesses were destroyed. We're going to see that again if this doesn't stop, because there is such envy. And he, Ice Cube goes into that, this resentment and rage and envy. He, he, he doesn't talk about envy because nobody does. But when you start talking about pay respect to the black fist or we'll burn your store right down to a crisp. That's in that's the lyrics. Now, I won't rap it for you because <laughs> I don't think that would be a good I'm idea. I'm just impressed that you know the lyrics. So I'm just impressed she knows know, Ice Cube. Well, I, <laughs> I was teaching on the West Coast when this was going on. I was at the University of San Diego. So I was younger uh, in the 90s and pretty plugged into that because I was teaching uh, Urban Gangs class. So I, I did pay attention to that wow. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it kind of stayed with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I believe we're just seeing a replication of that right now on a smaller scale. There was, uh, a, a, I suppose it's still going on, a claim against, I believe it was Harvard, for discrimination oh, against yeah. Asians. I know, it cracks me up. Harvard is taking this high moral ground about we need to protect our Asian brothers and sisters in the meantime, they have closed their doors to mm-hmm. Asian applicants right. because no more we can't have too many of them here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah right. The hypocrisy just goes on and on. <laughs> we were just talking about this. This is the year or the generation of hypocrisy. So yes. Be <laughs> careful what you <laughs> say really is, because yes. Um, so we're talking about different cultures too, and you know. Um, 
we can blame it on envy, but this isn't unique to the United States. Uh, cultures have had these mm-hmm. clashes against each other for for the eternity of the world, really. Um, how do we move beyond it? And as Catholics, how do we? How do we, what what can we do to change um, well, the dynamics? Right. I when I published this, I wanted to publish this in a Catholic journal. Usually, I write for American Spectator, but I can't get the Catholic idea in there because faithful Catholics we understand this kind of resentment. We've been taught since our earliest days, and when you say it's happening in other countries, I agree with you. But I believe that it's usually frustration over relative deprivation that that the Asians in these countries are coming and they're succeeding and they're taking jobs from us. Everybody believes that. And there's resentment. And resentment usually stems from a form of envy, even if people don't want to say that. And I argue that Catholics understand that sin better than others. Most people are just clueless because we... We have scripture, and it's all over the Bible. You know, Catholics have the advantage of a long list of church fathers and scripture who warn us about envy. I mean, Aquinas and Augustine and Gregory. It's in the Ten Commandments. We know from the Book of Wisdom that the devil, through the devil's envy, that death entered the world. We know Eve's envious desire to be as smart as God and Cain's envy of his brother's sacrifices to God. I mean, from a child, when I was little, I I remember being taught this is what happens to really envious people who covet other. I mean, my parents didn't use those words, but I was sure. a little child, and I think they were kind of worried I might kill one of my sisters or something. <laughs> we had three girls, and I was a bit envious of the youngest because she was so cute and got all the attention that I used to get. I remember that feeling, and I remember my parents reminding me that this badly. You know, you, do, you don't do that. Um, and people are never taught that. And people that are, are raised without religion and without that kind of moral teaching, they never know. And that's, I think that's what we're seeing now. So it's harder to temper when you don't recognize what it is. Exactly. Uh, people would deny that they're envious. So why would I be envious? I, oh no! People always say that to me. You know, I, I'll tell you. I watched the the episodes of Tiger Mom or the stories about Tiger Mom, and I, I was envious. Yeah. I wish I had that much. I could rein my children in like she could. <laughs> <laughs> she was amazing, isn't she? I love right. that book. And, I absolutely. Right. Well, I think it goes to show you how much culture plays into this. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're, well, we're, but you say that, and I, I can't help but think that um, uh, the tradition of our African-American families has a lot of um, good, solid, strong working culture. Um, but, uh, but it Conservative, is, is, family-oriented, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Right. We, sure. we broke that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was us? Yeah, as, as that was American. us that did that. Our government policies, you're absolutely right. Yeah. We, and we're continuing it, and it's it's expanding under the Biden administration. Yeah. So we're going to get more of this. Yeah. We will get more. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, That's too bad, yeah, because it'll just breed more of this envy. Just breed more hate mm-hmm. and more violence and everything, and we don't want that. It will. And un- yes. unfortunately, mm-hmm. Professor, we are out of time right now, but we oh, well, thank do you thank me. you. Oh, we're always willing to have you. So just call in any time. <laughs> we'll put you right <laughs> on the air. <laughs> 
Thanks so much. Certainly. We appreciate it. That Dr. Ann Henderson, professor of sociology at Franciscan University and author of The Politics of Envy, which is a good book you should pick up somewhere when you get a chance. And we will be right back after these messages. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations, online at skeffingtons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial, Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, Gina, um, I think we had two great guests uh, today. Uh, it, very interesting stories. Uh, I, I, it, it was great, great to have Mike from First Liberty here right. because he, um, his addressing the Armed Services Committee in, in the U.S. Congress is is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder how many of our elected officials understand how much um how much division is being created by the policies of this administration. Mm-hmm. 
I think you're right, and uh, I hope that uh, that they paid attention and they listened. It sounds like from the reports that I've seen from the meeting that they were. Uh, they uh, apparently were asking some very good questions of him, and which means that they were listening. Exactly. Uh, at least the ones that were asking the questions were listening. Well, <laughs> probably I, others that. Uh, and based on the um, people they had before them uh, at that meeting, including Southern Poverty, Southern Poverty Law, Law Center, Center yeah. it's very concerning to me. Well, uh, I think they think Catholics in general are, are hate mongers. Yeah, and the Southern Poverty Law Center does not help any. Obviously, when they pull out the Ku Klux Klan and the neo-Nazis and they say these are hate groups, that's fine everybody kind of knows, you, you, you know. Right. Um, and uh, you don't have to eat the whole egg to know it's spoiled, right? You know, you, you know right away. But when they when they start listing uh, groups that oppose same-sex marriage and oppose abortion, and they lump those people in as hate groups because they don't agree with same-sex marriage, they don't believe in gender transitioning from one sex to another, uh, then all of a sudden they're hate groups. And that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense either. They've, they've gone well, over the... it limits the public uh, discourse. You know, we no longer can have conversations if, if we're labeled and, and canceled, for yeah, yeah. lack of a better yeah. word. Yeah, you're a racist. To be the popular. I'm not going to talk to you. You're a racist. Exactly. Yeah. It ends the conversation, and you don't know where to go with that. And Dr. Ann Hendershot uh, talked about really some of the same things, only in a different context. Uh, about understanding what uh, what the hate really is and being able to define what it is, uh, which obviously is not being done right, very well right now, uh, according to her, when we deal with the uh, Asian community and the crimes against uh, our Asian brothers and sisters. Well, I thought it was interesting. Um, my takeaway from her our conversation with Dr. Ann Hendershot is that uh, I, you watch the media and you wonder how much of it is propaganda. You know, it, every time a person of Asian descent is accosted, it's in the news. And mm-hmm. so I, I, it was interesting to me to hear her say that she's analyzed the um, data and that there has been an increase. There really, really has. It's not in her imagination. Right. Yeah. And, and that was interesting, her analysis. And, that, and her analysis is in Crisis Magazine. If you uh, get Crisis Magazine, you can find it online. Well, you can uh, you Google can, Dr. Google Ann Hendershot and, yeah, and, and, you, and you find can read a lot the whole of her thing. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very great guest to have, too. And I think I liked her being able to help us as Catholics understand envy and also for us to understand that we may understand it. But people without um, a, a good catechesis may not understand this particular sin of envy. Right. And um, we've learned that it, we need to eliminate sin in our own homes in order to have it eliminated in the world. So we need to look within um, and take some personal responsibility and, and catch ourselves when we are experiencing envy. And, of course, the bad news in all, all of this is that Google has, uh, or not Google, um, Gallup, uh, has just reported that now under 50% of Americans are members of a church. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's our job, right? We uh, need we to do a better job of evangelizing and helping people understand the truth because that's I right. think the truth is lost in so much of our discourse. 
Right. And unfortunately, uh, the truth uh, in terms of time catches up with us yeah. every now and then, and we've got to end things here. So let's uh, uh, finish with our prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. For Gina and myself, thank you for listening, and have a great Easter celebration this Sunday. And until next Thursday, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial, with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imaging Ingredients.